Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This is CMO Moves the podcast that showcases the human side of game-changing leaders. Here's their incredible journeys, the moves that they've made, and most importantly, their personal stories of how they got to be the leaders of some of the world's most exciting brands. We hope you'll enjoy their stories and take away a few tips and inspiration for your day. Enjoy the show. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to CMO Moves. I am super excited today to have here with me Angela Zapeta, CMO of Hyundai. Hi, Angela. Welcome to the show. Hi, Heidi. How are you doing? Good, good. It's so great to have you here. Um, you. T- tell us where you're where you're calling in from. I'm calling in from Southern California, Fountain Valley, California, which I am in our corporate headquarters today. Don't ask me why they call it Fountain Valley. I've never seen fountains and there are no valleys, (laughs) but it sounds good. It is a beautiful building and that's where I'm calling in from today. We actually rebuilt this building maybe about a decade ago, Um, but yeah, we've been in the U.S. now 35 years this year and this is where we've had our U.S. corporate headquarters since we've come to the U.S. So it's pretty exciting and I've been at Hyundai for about a year and a half. Excellent. Excellent. So let's start there, shall we? Let's start with... You know, you have such an incredible career, mostly in the agency side. Yes. And prior to joining Hyundai as the CMO, they were your client, correct? Correct. So tell us about, yeah, tell us about that and how the opportunity came about to take on the CMO role. 
Yeah, it um, it is a little bit of a story and maybe even one I couldn't have even written myself. Um, but I was on the agency side, had a long, long career um, in ad agencies. That's what I went into right out of college. And I had been running big agencies up in LA for a long time. And I was wanting to come a little bit closer to home. Uh, I live in Long Beach, California. And I got this opportunity to go to an ocean. And I first, I went there to help them with new business development. And then just the opportunity had opened up that the person who was running the Hyundai account was moving on to another opportunity. And they asked me to run that for them. And so I, I had this really special relationship with our client at the time, the CMO at that time, and with Hyundai, because a notion is a, an affiliate company within the Hyundai Motor Corporation of Companies. So it's partly owned by Hyundai. And so we really work as still to this day, we have this philosophy. It's an extension of our marketing department. And that's how I always was treated. And, and my role was very close beyond just advertising. It was about helping to solve business solutions. And so I had a very senior role in with sitting at a very senior seat within the Hyundai executive team and got to know this team on this side very well. And then our CMO client, he decided to take another opportunity out of the blue. I thought he was nuts, honestly, because <laughs> I thought this is a dream job. What are you doing? Um, and we really loved him, but it was the right thing for him to do. And to my surprise, our uh, CMO, Jose Munoz, who had been here maybe about six months, um, he called me to his office early on a Wednesday morning, I'll never forget. And he said, well, you know, Dean is not going to stay with Hyundai. Okay. Um, I'm thinking who's going to be the new CMO because this is always such a big thing, right? And he said, uh, we want you to come and be our CMO at Hyundai. And I must have had a very surprised look on my face. Because uh, he said, well, do you want the job? And I was like, of course I want the job. But I hadn't really anticipated that happening. I thought I would become the COO at a notion. And I never got that position. And it just didn't seem like that was right. ever going to happen. So I just thought, well, maybe it's just, maybe it's just not meant to be. And I was happy and I was fine. But that was the transition. And that's, that's not a common transition, but mm -hmm. I, I am certainly glad. And part of that was that Jose really wanted my expertise in building brands which is a key focus now we have here at Hyundai. And he wanted someone who had that close relationship with the agency. Um, it does help. And I, I think um, that partnership is really strong. And, and so that's what we have today. Yeah. And, and, and outside of the creative experience, right, from an agency, which I feel like is always just what people think of, you have a lot of operations experience. So back to your, your career trajectory, thinking you were going to go more down the COO role. How, did, how do you think that has helped? Yeah, it's a great question. Yeah, I tease that doing the advertising part, the creative part, that's my side hustle. That's the thing that I actually spend the least amount of time on during the day. Still my favorite. I mean, I, I have a creative, um, I guess I say bent, although I was always an account person and always did the business side um, in an agency, but it's so much fun to see a creative idea come to life. But yeah, there's a lot that goes into this job. And there's just a lot that goes into running a company. And it's so complex now. I mean, the good old days, you know, the Mad Men days, I mean, what, you had three channels to choose from and a host of magazines. I mean, no wonder they were drinking three martinis at lunch. It just wasn't that hard. But a CMO has to be, you know, very digitally savvy, um, just not knowing about what digital platforms are available, but really building a tech stack, 
for best in class. I mean, we're responsible for digital retailing that we bring to our consumers. And that's not simple to pick those platforms and integrate all of that um, into you know, a seamless experience that consumers have. That is part of our ecosystem on the marketing side. Every touch point of the customer journey is an important one. And so, you know, doing a big TV ad, for example, that's just one part of that journey. But we have to make sure that matches everywhere else that customer goes as they're shopping and thinking about buying a car, which is a considered purchase. You know, you, you just don't wake up one day saying, I'm going to buy a car. It just doesn't work that way. So it is very complex. And there's a lot of coordination that has to happen across the organization just because, um, you know, no no one department sits individually and independently by itself. So I, it's definitely a lot more operations and executive management that we do as a coordinated team. And then I work separately with my team and the agency to get the advertising done. So it's like I'm wearing two hats many times during the day. I'm sure more than two. <laughs> so, yeah, like... I'll just put it in two big buckets. <laughs> yeah, that works. And, you know, I... I wonder if there's some advice you can offer. We, especially through our executive mentor program, we have a lot of professionals who want to make that leap from either brand side to client side, vice versa. Besides doing a good job for your client and building relationships, what other advice can you offer now being in the position that you are uh, CMO on the brand side? Oh gosh, there's probably a couple of good ones. You know, one thing was early in my career, I did move out of the country uh, for about two years with my ex-husband and that marriage failed. It was a business endeavor that failed. So I kind of started over again um, at age 31 or two and I came back to the U S and I was very hungry to work. And I didn't like being a little bit older than my colleagues who had been promoted a little bit, right? Because they were here. And so I took every opportunity to just be resourceful within that agency, even outside of my job. I mean, if there was a big pitch going on, I would, you know, ask around and say, what can I do to help? Even if it was the person who went to go get coffee or the person who would take notes. I mean, these were menial jobs, so to speak, but I got seen by a senior management as, you know, an up and comer who wanted to learn more and, and wanted to integrate herself more into the agency. And otherwise you don't get that exposure. And you can easily get lost, especially in a big agency, which I always worked within. So I would say take on more than you do and don't don't ask. You, you should be able, and it's a little hard with COVID because you can't see everything in an office, but there are things. And if you, so then if you don't know, then ask your manager. But I, I would just say offer to take on something um, that kind of gives you exposure in a new and, and different way. And, and I love that when someone's even done something proactively and came to me and you know, the future now is on electrified platforms. You know, I've had a couple of people on my team say, you know, I kind of put together this little deck on, you know, what we think consumers want. I mean, just on their own. And it's just really good stuff to keep adding. So I would say that. And then the other one was never stop investing in yourself. Um, I did take a, a different route than others did and went back to school at one point in my career. But, you know, always putting yourself uh, first when it comes to just making yourself as, as educated and as knowledgeable as you can be is 100% worth it. Never let anybody tell you that anything you're interested in that you want to learn in isn't worthwhile because it is. It's just another thing that you can add to the table. So those are just a couple of pieces of advice I'd give. 
Great advice. And I want to go back to just the role of marketing as a whole. And we have a CMO summit coming up in May. And one of the biggest topics by far, the most popular, um, and it's nothing new, is just the evolving role and elevated role this past year that we've all seen of marketing and, and the CMO role as a whole. What's the biggest shift that you've seen? The biggest shift... Yeah, the CMO role is a big role. It is an epicenter for a lot of activity. I think the biggest role still really is in the integration of of digital and technology that sits within really marketing's expertise. So we do have, you know, a chief technology officer, um, but technology touches a lot of the executives. And that's probably the biggest thing I think we've all learned is that, especially we have a luxury brand, Genesis. And I think at one point there was a thought that maybe that would be run independently as its own business with its own P&L. But of course, you know, some of that doesn't make sense. Why wouldn't we use some back-end operations for cost efficiencies, you know, HR, technology, and things of that nature. So thinking about things in an enterprise fashion um, is difficult because it's so easy for me just to know what I need to do in marketing with what I need to get accomplished in my little box But the truth is I have to work across the organization to make sure that what I'm bringing in as a technology solution, if someone else has a similar need or they've already put something in place, you know, how, how do we go through that process? And I think that's one of the biggest um, challenges I think companies have is we probably all have too much data, but it's not sitting in the same place. We don't have enough people who can analyze it. And then we have a lot of tech platforms that not necessarily talk well to each other. I mean, that's a big part of it is just finding a better way to constantly do our business every single day. And I think that's the biggest changing role of the CMO. I integrate a lot of those conversations and get them started, um, just making sure that everyone's being brought along to know what we're doing. I cannot do it in a vacuum. And so, you know, it it, it just takes somebody who's able to do a lot of jobs during the day and, and be patient to take, take a lot of input from a lot of stakeholders. Yeah, it's funny. We we had a community call recently talking about innovation and it's like, okay, the consumer facing part of innovation, the sexy part, but then you have to constantly be innovating in your own house just to make sure you're all on the same page. It's 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 a huge order. It's a huge order and it has huge implications, right? It's really hard. Uh, to bring in new partners or to even right now we're looking at how to streamline some partners. It's only because we're trying to give this very seamless experience to our customers. So the more we streamline what our backend systems look like, the better off that experience is. But it also has implications, of course, for our dealer network. You know, some some of these, you know, the 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 pandemic was amazing in a lot of ways because it changed behavior for all of us. Um, but digital retailing had to happen finally for our dealers. Um, and while the dealership is extremely important, we're seeing a huge uptick of people going back to the dealership. To you know, nothing's better than seeing a car in person. But when you didn't have that ability to do that and you really wanted to get a car, there was a way to actually shop and buy a car and have it delivered to your home. And kudos to our dealers who, you know, accepted those platforms and made it happen. But that was hugely difficult for them to do. Um, And then if we talk about, well, there's actually some better technology we'd like to bring to the table that, you know, they're like, God, we just put this in place. So those are things you have to think about in a very thoughtful way. Um, You can't have so much disruption that you can't get business done, but you also want to be open to bringing innovation because you constantly want to be best in class. Absolutely. 
Well, I mean, we can, we can talk more about that or we can go to the sexy side of innovation, <laughs> which I, <laughs> I'd like to oh, do. So let's go to that side for a while. Let's go there, shall we? I would love to hear what is going on with Hyundai that you are super excited about right now. Well, I'm excited about everything that's going on with this company. I mean, when Dean left, this is why I thought it was crazy because I knew what was coming. Um, this is, you know, Hyundai's year. We keep saying we're not writing our next chapter. We're writing the next book. And there's so many things that have happened that are that have led to this moment um, that are setting up things as a marketer, from my standpoint, to actually make it pretty easy. Because um, sometimes it's really hard to make up things when you don't really have much to talk about. We have too much to talk about almost. So um, we did have a, a record-breaking March with sales. Um, and that just has to do with a lot of things. But one of the biggest things for us is we have an incredible lineup of vehicles. We were not always that company that had exactly the right product that consumers wanted, but now we do have a full portfolio of SUVs and they're incredible. Um, and they're beautiful and they're full of safety and tech and design that you would not expect from a mass market vehicle. And so that's probably the most exciting news. Um, and then we have our, our new chairman, um, he, uh, is part of the, the, <laughs> the Chung family and he is incredible. And his new legacy is all about the future of smart mobility and technology. Um, and his vision is the part that's leading us forward. And then we're seeing the benefit of that, of these incredible products, but probably the most important thing we're working on right now, uh, is the launch of our all new Tucson. And this is a beautifully redesigned car. This is the most important segment for us. It's the, the, the biggest volume vehicle. And we are a little behind uh, some big behemoths in this category, mostly uh, RAV4 and Rogue. Um, so we need to do a big step out with this vehicle and we are doing a huge launch um, for this car, the biggest launch we'll ever do. We made a very conscious decision not to go into the Super Bowl this year, which we have historically been in, and we are still big fans of the NFL, and we still um, participate with them as a partner, um, but we needed to make our own kind of Super Bowl that's going to last not just one day, although that's not really true for Super Bowl because it does have a halo, but really the whole year, and so we have an incredible um, campaign that's uh, getting produced right now um, with some incredible celebrities. We have uh, Jason Bateman and Mindy Kaling, uh, Nate Berkus, Jadist Ilorentis. Um, we have Becky G. So, so exciting. And um, it's it's a really fun and funny spot, spots, I should say, that's Super Bowl worthy. And then we have an incredible partnership um, we've just signed with Disney that's going to just amplify this. And the whole idea is just to make Tucson ubiquitous. Every time you turn on your screen or your computer or, or look around, you're going to see this vehicle. And so we've never quite done it in this way, but we're calling it a full funnel attack. And we're just going to be, you know, presenting Tucson to as many people as we can to, to see if we can grab, you know, our share of the market. And it's a really exciting thing to do. And it's a really fun assignment. Not too many CMOs are told to help build a brand that, you know, will help grow the brand, but that was um, Jose's philosophy. And so he, he let us take the reins. And, and so we can't wait for everybody to see it. This campaign will launch in May. So it's just around the corner. That, that sounds like a lot of star power. I'm excited to see that. And, you know, when you think about it, the product to your earlier point, it's not like a, you wake up one morning and you say, oh, I'm going to go buy a car. How yeah. do you think about branding from a 
from a purpose level, from that higher level versus the product? Because I know that that plays a huge role, but how do you balance the two? Oh, I feel like you've been sitting in on our offices <laughs> lately. Um, you know, this is the challenge. Um, we're a challenger brand, or at least we see ourselves that way. You know, people don't really say the name Hyundai right. In fact, I just said it wrong myself, but we're told to say Hyundai like Sunday to make it easy. People don't know that we're a Korean owned brand. Maybe they do, but a lot of people don't. They don't know our history, our origin, which is fascinating. Um, And can I take time to tell that story? Probably not. And it's because I'm a challenger brand and I got to tell you what kind of vehicles I have um, Mm -hmm. because you probably wouldn't know outside of maybe a couple of nameplates. So that was the hard job that I have to do. And so we have been working um, since I came over to Hyundai on a new brand platform for Hyundai, but it needs to be articulated really through our vehicles. But um, our C, I can't tell you yet what it is because we haven't quite revealed it, but our CEO loved it so much. Um, He said, Angela, we need to, we really need to make this into a commercial or some advertising to let people know that this is our philosophy, basically. Um, and that was really refreshing because that's not what I really expected. I, I thought, well, I'm going to have to come up with a brand platform, uh, but I'm going to have to think about how I'm going to talk about it through our vehicles because um, that's always front and center. But I think we're going to have a chance to do some really exciting things this year to help tell that story of Hyundai. And we're going to do it through also stories with our dealers, our owners, and our employees. We um, are partnering with Annie Leibowitz the world famous photographer who I personally love. And I can't believe how we got connected um, to her and her team. She's going to take these incredible portraits and do videos on a handful of people and just trying to tell these stories in in a very personal way. And we'll distribute those out on mostly digital channels. But I'm really excited about some of that coming to fruition. So there's a lot of layers that are happening. Um, But it, it all feels fresh and new. But we keep saying we didn't want a revolution, we want an evolution, because we definitely had um, a little momentum behind our back since 2019. And so we just don't don't walk away from the little momentum you got, we got to keep going and running in this direction. So I think you'll feel like it's all genuine and true to Hyundai. And, and hopefully everyone will fall in love with this brand that maybe they didn't think of from before. And Thinking about innovation outside of Hyundai, what's something outside of the brand that has you really excited to be a marketer today? Well, there's a ton going on in social and it's even hard to understand it and know how it'll apply for a brand, you know, non-fungible tokens. I mean, shoot, should I be doing something with that? I don't know. Should I be doing something with that myself? I mean... Um, you kind of feel like, am I missing out on something? That's how I feel a lot um, because it's hard to sometimes bring those innovative ideas or what's happening in culture quickly into, you know, we're a manufacturing company and I'm one part of innovation with marketing, but to have to, I mean, our CEO is asking me, what does this whole Bitcoin thing mean for us? I mean, where else can this apply to our business? What about these NFTs and all this kind of stuff? And so I have to help make my my team to say, help keep me abreast of what's going on too. And I've got to tell you, we've got some great people on our team who are really into just this whole stratosphere, which is really helpful because it's changing all the time. And I think that's one thing is that you have to always be looking outside to see how you're going to bring it in on the inside. And a lot of things don't fit. That's also a really important thing to remember Mm -hmm. too. Just because it's cool and it's new doesn't mean it's for us. It also is what's happening culturally. Do we participate as a brand? Maybe 
but sometimes maybe not either. And we've had big discussions about that as well. And, you know, sometimes those are just gut calls. You hope you get it right. Um, but I think editing ourselves and knowing where we fit best with some of these new things that are happening out there is um, important for a brand to seem genuine and true. I do not need to show up everywhere and I don't need to jump on every trend, but I certainly want to take advantage of the ones that make the most sense for us. And, and that's the part that's a little more difficult to figure out. Um, but yeah, I, I couldn't out. agree more with that. I think that's a really important skill, a very underrated skill, just that self-awareness and self-edit um, to not jump on everything because consumers will sniff it out as disingenuous in a heartbeat. So Within a minute, yeah, less than a minute. I mean, they'll tell you if you got it wrong. Absolutely. Much. It's like telling you, your hair looks bad. It's like, thank <laughs> you. I actually put effort and thought into that and I got it wrong. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I love uh, it. And, and on other skills, like when we think about CMO of tomorrow, right? I know you have probably a very large marketing team. What are some skills today that you think are, are making the CMOs of tomorrow? I would say digital, social, just technology and innovation in general. I mean, we've, we were just saying today, based on this meeting we had this morning, I mean, we're a little Silicon Valley right within Fountain Valley, Um you know, because we have to do so much innovating together on what's next. Um, I can't be just like, oh, I'm in marketing and I make pretty ads. How foolish is that? I have to know what's going on with all this technology. And then how does it apply to how we communicate that to people? I mean, for example, with all these um, electric platforms, we've got a, a HEV, which is a hybrid electric battery vehicle, then we've got a battery electric vehicle, then we have a plug-in hybrid, you know, people are like, why so many, and what are the differences, and why should I care, so we're trying to make tools, um, they'll be implemented very shortly to help people understand this technology, so then they can make the right decisions for themselves, that's just one example, but the complexity as a marketer is, you've got to understand the technology that's in our vehicles, the technology that's happening out in the advertising or marketing space. How about things like privacy laws that are changing? That's going to affect the way that we're going to be able to market to consumers. So all of that, you just have to be multifaceted. Um, and still having a conceptual mindset, I think, is helpful. Um, that's part of my advertising background uh, because it takes a lot to pull all of this together. And I think when you have a more linear mindset, it's very easy to just say, well, that goes here. And this is in this lane and this, no, actually all of it blends together and it's very gray. And so you have to kind of have a lot of balls in the air. And I think if you can be a critical thinker that can take in a lot of inputs at the same time and think conceptually, that's a good skill set to have because it's a, it's a lot to land a lot of these projects. And um, it, it just isn't that simple. It's never just simply black and white. Yeah, absolutely agree. You know, when you and I first spoke, you mentioned that you were the first woman named to the C-suite at Hyundai and the honor and level of responsibility that comes along with that. What's one piece of advice you can offer to other trailblazing women, perhaps a bit earlier in their careers? If I spoke to my younger self, first of all, I'm not the only woman today in the C-suite. Awesome. That's really nice. Although the gentlemen were incredibly kind and welcoming to me, really supportive. 100% across the board, but now there are um, several other ladies who are on the executive team and they're phenomenal. Um, so we're really excited about that. You know, what I try to tell people and people ask me a lot, like, well, how did you become the CMO? Well, you know, it was a big old surprise on a Wednesday morning, you know, <laughs> 
hate to tell you. Um, it's been a long road. It did not happen overnight. Um, I'll just say, so people understand, I mean, I'm turning 55 next week. This is, you know, I'm middle-aged now. It pains me to say that, but it is true. It's been a long career. And especially in advertising, you have pretty cruddy jobs, really. A lot of, you know, running around with papers and kind of doing the same thing week after week. And they're not well, it's not well paid. And you probably put in a good decade to maybe 15 years when you're finally making a, a good salary. And then from there, it kind of escalates. But what happens for a lot of women is by the time that happens, they're getting married, they're having children. And unfortunately, it is kind of a choice. I, I am married. I never had my own children. This job is everything that I live and breathe. I don't necessarily define myself by this job, but it takes 100% of my brain, actually. Mm-hmm. It's such a big job and I treat it as much um, that I don't really ever turn it off and I don't want to. It is a lot of fun to constantly think about it, but um, you know, and I appreciate women who make those choices. And I would say for a lot of women coming up, you know, patience as hard as it is, is a really good trait to have. I did not always get picked for the promotion. I was, you know, I had a lot of guys actually get jobs that I didn't. I didn't always get the job that I was going for. I mean, I had plenty of disappointments along the way. Um, I just kind of put my head back down and said, I really feel lucky to have this job in this moment and take advantage of it for what you can. And I really learned that from my parents, but I feel like I am a late bloomer. Um, You know, to be a CMO at my age, I mean, I have counterparts who've been a CMO for 20, 25 years and they started on the advertising side. Mm -hmm. So it just wasn't my time. Uh, but if you still have aspirations for it and open to it, I think it actually comes at some point. You just may not know when, but that's where, you know, keep your work product and your attitude. And this is a hard one. You know, try not to piss off so many people in your wake along the way that, you know, because you might turn around and work for them someday. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It's actually a very small community. When it's a really small community. And, uh, I don't know. I just think patience is, is really half the battle um, Mm -hmm. that you will eventually get there. And, you know, I know people who are especially like getting their late thirties, they start getting a little antsy. You could feel it in them. I'm like, yeah, but you're really still young. I love it that you're ambitious and you want it, but don't be so overly ambitious that this is all you're talking about. Yeah. Sit down and go to work and someone will see that. That advice is sinking in so much. And I think it's really encouraging to folks who are putting that pressure on themselves. It's one thing to be intentional with your career moves, but I don't feel like it's too late. You can't ever pivot. You, I mean, your career journey in and of itself is a perfect example of it's never too late to do something completely different and change lanes. So thank you for sharing that. Be willing to go for it. I mean, a lot of people are like, are you sure? I was like, am I sure? I mean, why would I would be the dumbest person on the planet to say, no, Jose, thanks for the offer for being CMO. I think I'll just go back to my day job. <laughs> yes. And, but, you know, he, I will say this because um, it's okay to be nervous. And it did put me a little out of my comfort zone. And Jose even addressed it the, that day we talked. He said, you know, what, what makes you concerned or uncomfortable about taking this job? And I said, well, you know, I'm excited. I mean, I'll go for it all the way and give you 250%. But, you know, I have a couple concerns and one, I said, I don't know everything there is to know about the car business. Honestly, I'm, I'm on the advertising side. He says, not to worry, my job to make you successful. And then uh, I said, okay, awesome. I love that. Thank you. And then I said, the other thing is 
this is a really public job. I'm either gonna succeed or fail publicly. And that's a little embarrassing if you fail. Um, and he said, I don't think you're gonna fail. And he really was a great boss in that moment in that you know he has all intentions of making me successful. He does not let me get away with everything. You know, I got to fight hard and I get told no, um, and we got to go in a different direction, but he is extremely supportive. And that's one thing um, for me, that's a really important trait to have in a boss or a manager. I mean, Mm -hmm. I have all the freedom in the world to do what I need to do, yet there's guardrails. Right. And those guardrails are to make sure that we do the right thing for the company. And he has a different perspective than I do, but it's a good partnership and I think it works, but you know, you got to be willing to go for it. Yeah. And speaking of guardrails, I'd love to hear if there's an example or time in your career where you just kind of ignored the guardrails and went a little outside of the norm. Any any breaking of the rules that have stood out to you over the years? Well, I broke a lot of rules that are small rules, but, you know, they had sometimes you just got to get S done. You know what I mean? And that's that's the agency business big time. You never have enough people or time. the biggest critical thing in an ad agency is time. You know, you wish you always had more time. You never do. And that's because a creative product is hard to know when you're finally just going to get it right. But I think the biggest rule that I broke for myself um, was when I decided to go back to school finally to get my MBA. It was something I always wanted to do, but life had always gotten in the way. There was always something that kept me from taking that on. And I had always worked. I mean, that was already big enough as it was. And um, I was finally at the place where I thought, okay, I'm going to go for this. Um, But, you know, by then I was in my late, late thirties, almost 40. And I remember I asked my boss at the time, I was running Campbell Ewald in Los Angeles, a huge job, huge job. And, but personally, I felt like I had space. And um, so I thought I could squeeze it in with everything else. So I called him and he's like, I, I think if you want to do it, I think that's great. I don't understand it. I wouldn't do it myself. And I said, why? Why do you say that? And he said, well, you don't need an, a graduate degree or an MBA to work in advertising. I mean, a lot of people don't even have degrees. I mean, this is a creative business. And I didn't articulate this to him in that moment. But what I had been feeling for a while was that while that was true for just the agency side, It wasn't true for our clients. Most of our clients had graduate degrees. Um, Most of them had MBAs and they were not just asking for creative solutions for creative sake. It was creative solutions to help their business. If I didn't understand their business, then what good was I? And that was the biggest pivotal moment of my career was to understand that I had to be just like my client if I was going to help them solve their business problems with a creative solution. But until then, I was just only thinking about the creative. Mm-hmm. And it did it did change the way that I thought. And I have told everybody since then, and it was the greatest thing I ever did. It was hugely expensive. It was mm-hmm. very hard. Um, it exhausted me. I remember I was exhausted just chronically, but invigorated at the same time. And I tell everybody, go back to school. Mm-hmm. You will be transformed and you will be such a better thinker on the other side. And to push yourself like that is pretty amazing. But um, yeah, it was the biggest rule that I broke. And I think a lot of people have adopted this same sort of mindset. And I know a lot of people have gone back to school now. I'm not saying I was like the inspiration, but I'm glad to see that people are doing it because I do think it was really needed in that industry. And we require that of our agency today. They help us with our business, right? not just a creative output. And that is really the biggest transformation I think that agencies need to take on. 
Yeah, that is actually a really big question we get. So I think that's, yeah. that's good advice for anybody out there that, who's maybe contemplating. Also, never too late to go back to school. Again, thank you for that advice. You're welcome. And unfortunately, we're coming to an end of our of our episode here. I've so enjoyed talking to you, Angela, but I do have one more question. Of course, can't let you off the hook without answering. You are super passionate about being a CMO, which I can see it's very evident. However, if you were not a CMO, that's off the table. Money and talent are no objects. You have all of it in the world. Yeah. You're super talented and you're, you're rich, rich, rich. What would you be doing? Okay. Well, that's an easy answer for me because others who might've heard me talk about my background was I always wanted to be a fashion designer nice. or be in the fashion industry. I still love it. Uh, but I just love art. I love interior design too. Um, I don't know why I still say fashion because I do love interior design, but I think something in design, um, I would really love. Um, it is a passion of mine. I never did it as my business. And could I have maybe, I don't know if my parents thought that that was such a good way for me to earn a living. I mean, my dad was a dentist. I mean, he, it was just a different mindset, right? I mean, yeah. I don't even know if they really understand. No, they understand what I do now for sure. Cause it's like at Hyundai and we build cars and yeah. I, but they never understood my job really at an ad agency. I don't think, which is fine. Um, but I do think something like in fashion or interior design, I would definitely do that. And yeah, if I didn't have to worry about money, I, I would probably go for it. Cause that's always the worry. Like, how do you start? Right. You know, do you, do you take on the interior decorating of your own house? I do. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> um, I, I have a little 1928 Spanish revival bungalow in a little historically protected neighborhood. And so it is a little gem of a little house. Um, and it definitely has our foot handprint on it. I mean, we, we, you have to keep it a little intact from the period, but you know, you have a little, whatever the decorating is another thing, but I have recently hired a designer to help me. And now I'm asking her, I'm like, well, you know, what would I do with this house? And I'm now my husband's giving me the wicked stink eye because I mean, obviously she <laughs> has all kinds of ideas for me. Well, and this past year, everybody like a newfound interest in the home and, you know, how much time I love we're it. spending. I mean, it's an incredible booming industry for sure. So if you want another side hustle on top of your already another existing hustle. side hustle, <laughs> there you go. You it's have that waiting fun. for you. Yeah, well, and, absolutely. And one last comment. I mean, that is one thing about COVID uh, is I love seeing where people were living. It's just the person and that's their environment. And that's what they've picked for themselves. I just felt like I got to learn so much about my team and so many other people's lives. You know, it's no longer like I'm Angela Zapata at the office. And then I'm this different Angela Zapata at home. Right. Uh, I guess I am still kind of those two people. Thankfully, that's probably why I'm <laughs> I got to keep that other person a little under wraps. But um no, it is true. There, there is something about now we, we know what people are like at home. And I think it's really nice. That is one of the best things I think came out of the pandemic. I completely think completely agree. Humanized everybody. And it, it also kind of democratized us too, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, there are some people who have some incredible homes and um, it's been a lot of fun. I think to see that world. Well, thank you so much, Angela. I really appreciate it. Thank you for sharing your story and all that great advice. Um, And can't wait to see all the stuff you shared coming out soon with the Tucson and more. So look forward to that. Yeah, you bet. Um, We're excited to have you see it. So take care. Thank you for the invitation. It's been absolutely. All right. Take care. 
Thank you so much for tuning in today, and we hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, we'd love your help in sharing CMO Moves with one of your friends or colleagues. And please also be sure to subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. Better yet, leave us a review while you're at it. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just the thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality.